What up, guys? Welcome to the new American Dream podcast. I am your host, George Gibson. All right, today you're in for a special treat. This show is the show anybody can do it. Anybody can do this managing, managing, managing debt and create the lifestyle you would like to live. But before we get into this show today, I would like to bring along one of my clients to let him give you really um, what he did to save up to buy his home and how to start managing money to make investments in yourself. All right, welcome to the show. Darius, come on real quick. Hey. All right, look. Yeah. Real quick. What are all right? I, I realize a lot of people buy properties and buy uh, other people buy boats and campers and stuff, and that's one of the main things between the middle class and the rich. People invest in liabilities instead of assets. So you just recently purchased a home. What are some of the things you did in order to get ready and get prepared to purchase a house? Well. First, I sat down and I thought about on a daily basis, what do I really need to survive? And everything else, I tried to cut out any subscriptions to like Apple Music, Amazon Prime, any dumb stuff that's eating up like ten to twenty dollars a month. I just cut out and I just tried to live off the basis for as long as I could until I was ready to buy a house. Correct. So anything that costs $10 more as a subscription, cut it out as a expense. Cut it out until you reach your goal. You can always get it later. All right. You heard it from the horse's mouth. Things you need to do to prepare to make big investment purchases. All right. All right. Today's show, we have a um, Tarian Bushrod. She's a uh, millennial coach and she knows about money and she's a real life example. So she break it down so everyday people can understand that. Even though you're teaching it, you went through it, and that's what made you able to teach it. So here we go. Sit back, relax, listen to the show. Welcome to the show, Terry. Thank you for having me. How are you? Pretty good. Got it right this time. Yes. All right. So, all right. I got it that you are a millennial money coach, right? Yes. Okay. This will be a different episode because a lot of my last... my. A lot of the last episode has been about real estate, so we're going to switch up the topic a little bit today. All right, so let the people know um, who you are and a little bit about what you do. So my name is Taryn Bushrod. I am from Baltimore, Maryland. I currently reside in Washington, D.C., and I started money coaching maybe a little over 10 years ago, but not in that sense. Um, but as a formal, it came about about two years ago, and I really just wanted to focus on make, making sure that we come in sync with our relationship with money and spending habits, like identifying that one key component that a normal financial planner can only help you design around your money, like your finances, like what to pay, how much. But until you tap into that key component, I'm discovering that you continue to repeat the same pattern. So it's not really a lesson learned. It's more or less a fix when you deal with managing finances versus tapping into the relationship with money. You're right. Because a lot of my um, listeners, they always say, people saying the same old stuff, stuff, I already heard that in books in the same old like podcast, people saying the same thing, pay off your debt, start investing. But it's like, it's a little bit more deeper than that. That's what you're trying to say? Absolutely. Right. All right. So did you grow up in Baltimore? 
I grew up in Baltimore, yep. And what would you say, like, your upbringing was like? What type of lifestyle? Was it middle class, rich, poor? Um, Low to middle income household. Right. Uh, single parent, but then my mom married, so I had step parent situation on both sides, mom and dad. And, um, yeah. Did did they let you in on the, um, like, I know you was a kid, you don't really care about money at the time, but just if, if you go back and think about um, where your parents, were they talking about money around the dinner table? So here's the thing. I cared about money for a very long time. Um, it was my grandfather and my father that instilled those principles in me. So my grandfather would tell me, you know, save a nickel of every dollar, no matter what. So when he would give me money, he would give me money and change to make sure that I put the nickel in my piggy bank. And so I got old enough to say, yeah, you know, you can give me more than a dollar because I'm still going to save that 5%. Um, so that's pretty much where my core foundation came from, my grandfather, my father. Yeah, that, that's not like my grandmother. She used to be like, um, for your birthday, how old are you? And I'd be like, I'm 11. So she would literally count out $11. And I'm like, she had over six figures in the bank, and she literally counted out $11. $11. You know, my poor aunt, she gave me a whole $20 bill. I'm like, this is crazy. But, yeah. <laughs> um, and I got um, I got savings bonds. Any Anything. Birthday, Christmas. Easter, it was a savings bond. I wasn't getting anything else. Yeah, the savings bond, I like it, but at the same time, I don't think it grows enough because my one uncle, he gave us savings bonds for like Christmas and birthdays, and I, I got broke in college and cashed them out. Same. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know. I think they were like $50, but I don't even think they matured to the entire 50 when I cashed them. I don't know. Nope, mine either. Yeah, it's a slow process, so I don't know about that one. Um. All right. So your uh, father and grandfather was teaching you about money and you said you always cared about money. So let's go in high school. After high school, did you end up going to college? I did go to college. And what was your GPA in high school? Um, 3.4, something like that. Okay. So you supposed to go to college. All right. I'm, <laughs> I'm, no, uh, I'm getting to, you know, right now, the biggest issue in the world is like, is college worth it? Worth that debt? Ooh, you know, yeah. And my like from the young people I'm meeting, I'm I'm saying if you don't have at least a 3.0, unless I don't know, unless you just really want to be a doctor or a dentist or something, I don't think college is for everybody unless you really was a at least a 3.0 GPA in high school. You know. Yeah, so I'm a little indifferent about college because on one hand it's like no, definitely I do agree that it's not for everybody, um, but then there's an the instance of Ugh, you probably need to go to college because you're, you're like you're kind of lost you don't really have any formal structure like some people aren't good decision makers they aren't willing to educate themselves through you know youtube university or reading different types of books that elevate their mindset so certain people despite their gpa do need to go to college um and but that doesn't mean jump out there at a four-year university accumulating debt like go to a community college do it smart like transfer in because you might find that you get everything that you need out of that two years one to two years in a community college and you would save yourself a whole lot of money and debt um, but on the other hand there is the relationship aspect of going to college so will you still be able to formulate the same relationships and knowledge that you can outside of college I, I agree with you, 
and that's the part. Um, when I went to college, it was more of a status symbol. So I remember we had to get up in front of the church and, and, and say the name of the college. Mm, and if you yeah. said community at the end of your sentence, <laughs> it was it was like that laugh right there. So it was like, I think the smarter decision would be to go to community college, but it's embarrassing. And at the same time, I don't think I would grow up as fast being away from home. That is true. Yeah. So, all right, I, I get what you're saying. So you you go to college. What was your major? I majored in marketing. Marketing. And all right, you go to college, you major in marketing. And for uh, people that's in college now, were you working while you're in college? So I started working. I worked all through high school, maybe 10th, 10th through 12th grade. And then I had a almost a full-time job as a college freshman. I stayed on campus. I had my own car eventually. And um, I worked at a nursing home. So I worked from three to 11, four days a week. As a it freshman? It was terrible. As a freshman, it was terrible. My grades suffered. I was like, yeah, no, I, the money is great, but I'm in college for a reason. I can't hang out. It, it was just bad. So I ended up trading in my nice, my nice uh, nursing home check right. for work study. And that was a complete different shift overall. Like time, I got back my time. I was able to do my schoolwork and get a little bit of money, but then it was really like a little bit of money. Right. So um, would you, like going back in that situation, would you rather, you would say, you would rather just do work study than the um, nursing home? Uh, quality of life, yes. Money, no. Right. So it was that catch-22. It was a real bad one, too. Yeah, because I don't I think a lot of freshmen were looking forward to working as you going to college. That's my first time hearing somebody work that much as a freshman. But, all right, let's say um, for the, the millennials that's in college, how did you budget? Like, because my brother, he was just in college, and I, he's not making a lot of money, but they still struggle as a college student. So what would you say some tips – for um, college students that are not making much money, but how to budget so they do have some money? Um, so I'm always going to target food first because um, we got to eat. Right. But if you're on a meal plan, like, so I'm going to speak on two, two ends. Like if you are on campus living student, you got to take advantage of every amenity that's afforded to you on campus, whether the food is good, it's bad, whatever. You have to maximize the free stuff right so that the little bit of money that you do have can stretch you longer now if you're living off campus and it's not at home it's it's tough like you still got to figure out the best way to, to keep your expenses down maybe i mean i made really good off the 99 cent menu at mcdonald's right i don't know if they still have that anymore <laughs> no it's like a dollar thirty but i made really good so i can make twenty dollars last about six seven days Every week. Yeah. And you know what I tell, I tell, I would tell my brother because he was looking at my lifestyle. I had already graduated college and I was in the workforce. So when they compare their lifestyle to an older person, they feel like they should have that money. But now that I think about it, I tell the college kids, don't try to save no money while in college because I feel like it's, you're not making enough to save, you know? Correct. Because once you get one year full time job, that one paycheck could be your whole saving while you're in college, basically, I'm thinking. But so do you You think that, um, did you take out student, student debt while you were in school? I did. 
And, you know, it's one of the things I do a, a college speaking series called fashion and finance right. for college students. And the thing like my number one advice, live like a college student as long as you can. When you graduate, you get your job offer, or if you don't, whatever the case may be, still keep your expenses as low as possible, equivalent to a college student. Don't be too bad and bougie where I'm not moving back home. I graduated. I'm, no, go back home. If your parents are willing to take you back, go back and save your money. Um, but I, I took out loans because when I moved off campus, I needed money to pay for my housing. So there you go, more loans that I didn't have to have. Right. So out of college, what was your first job like? And like, as far as on the pay scale and what was it? Uh, was that your first my, real job out of college, like making decent money? My first real job out of college didn't come for a few years later. I worked, but I worked hourly. Right. So towards the end of college, I worked at the bank and then I stopped working at the bank and I got an internship and it was a paid internship and I stayed there probably a year after I graduated. But Life really hit me when I realized that I wasn't making salary. And then when I became a salary employee, my salary wasn't even equivalent to my age. And I was like, yeah, no, my salary should at least be double my age. And I got to make some some serious life changes. It wasn't even your age and you was on salary. Wow. Yeah. I was thinking about yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. And yeah. I was like, nah, that's not happening. We got to make this double real quick. So I took a job that I didn't want, but my salary was more than what was more than my age at that point. Right. Okay. So once you started making that salary, like you said, what's some of the um, budget is what's your budget strategy that you use? Because I mean, I'm a realtor, so I meet a lot of people who they're renting, so but they want to buy, but they can't start saving up money to buy a house, you know? So I'm trying to figure out what, like, what's some of your top budget strategies you would, you use to get your saving rate up? Um, so the first thing that I did was I went back home. Okay. So I guess we're going to speak to those who are, uh, fresh out of college. You said fresh out of college. I'm going, I went back home. Right. My car was paid off almost. Um, so I didn't get a new car. Uh, I contributed the groceries instead of spending out. I mean, you know, spending a lot of money eating out. Uh, I feel like food and clothing is the thing that really can tear us apart when it comes to budgeting our money and then adding in uh, entertainment. Right. So if I keep a clear line between those things, then that just really created my path so that I could save money. Um, I had a separate savings account. It was a virtual bank. This was when, I don't know if you remember, ING Direct. ING. Before it be, ING Direct before it became Capital One 360. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't even think I was thinking about money, man. I don't know. <laughs> but go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> so I have, I started one of those accounts in um, college. So it's the equivalent of just like a complete virtual bank now. Um, so I just was automatically feeding money into it and it wasn't much. It was probably maybe like 50, 50, a hundred dollars a month. Right. And but... I, I see you keep bringing up the food part and I think that's one. Of my... <laughs> no, no, seriously though. But cause I was just having a conversation about this. Um, the food thing is like, you're hungry. So let me spend $10, but it's yep. only $10, but it, it, over a whole month, 
it's a lot, you know. It is. So, it could be five hundred. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Like, what, what are what some of the things? You, do you cook a lot, or what are you doing? I do cook. At that time, I was cooking, or you know, I was finding cheap things to make, buying lunch meat, uh, making tuna fish sandwiches, like real cheap meals. Right. If I could spend, like, I could spend forty, fifty dollars a week at the grocery store, and even now, I'm only at like sixty dollars a week. And it lasts you for the week, week. Mm-hmm. Whole week. Yeah, I guess it's um. I think for my part, it's being more organized because I would be doing something, and oh, I'm hungry. You know, it's not like I can just start cooking. It's like okay, the, the store right there. Let me just go get this fast food real quick. You know. Yeah, and that's the other thing. If you're if you're busy, you're always on the go. It's hard. It really is hard to kind of your meals in check yeah i'm trying to think i snacked a lot when i i used to have a job where i commuted about two hours a day right um so that's cutting into at least at least one meal so i had to snack mostly because in the summertime it's like you know you're trying to keep the same food cold or hot or whatever the case may be it just doesn't really add up um but i was okay with that it it was better than going to a drive-thru Right. And do do your friends or like social network around you, close people around you, are you considered the cheap friend or you, what is it? <laughs> <laughs> so for a while, I was that friend that right. um, I've grown now. Right. I've, I've matured. Right. But for a while, I was that friend like, mm, yeah, I know me. So I'm just going to go ahead and order at the bar and then I'm going to eat. And then I'll join y'all at the table because I don't really want to get mixed up in, in checks and checks and other serious? stuff. And then no, because I also I also because I am so responsible with money, you got people who don't want to pay for the things that they purchase and all those kind of things. And I just didn't want to be bothered. So yeah. I was like, Yeah, I'm just gonna keep myself out of this whole group check. Yeah, and that's Fine. no, that's uh, that always comes to like a lot of people who are um I wouldn't say cheap either. I would say smart with money because in college, especially like one of my pet peeves were I live with three other roommates and I'm at say I'm at Subway. Hey man, bring back a a sub foot long. So I, I get you get them a sub and then you get home and you shouldn't have to remind somebody that oh I paid for your sub. You know. That's right. But see, the good thing about now is technology. Sure, um, cash at me and I got you. Yeah, that oh yeah, that, it was no cash app then. But yeah. I know, yeah. unfortunately. But now they don't have those excuses. Right. So that's one of the things that's like small things that um a person a, a person who are wild with money, they would consider me uh cheap or frugal because you asked for your money back, you know? Oh yeah, no. I need my money down to the penny too. And don't don't worry about it. You don't have to give me the extra. Like if it's, I I, I don't know why I struggle with this. Right. It was my aunt's fault. Like she really just wants her money to the penny. It could be ninety nine cent. Yes. And she wants ninety nine cent, not a dollar. Wow, that's wow. like she will. If you only have a dollar, she will find a penny to give it back to you. Yeah, that's extreme. But it is. <laughs> all right. So for um. Like and one of the other things is when people first start making, like say you you get out of college, you're working for an accounting firm, you're making forty grand a year. The first mistake I see people make is going to buy that um car. They got a five hundred dollar a month payment. What mm-hmm. do you recommend as a good price range 
somebody should spend on a car if they're going to get a car payment or if they even should get a car payment. So I'll share the advice that my dad gave me and I did not take it. However, it was good advice. And he said that your car, your car should not be more than 30% of your income. And if a person is making $40,000, they got a $500 car note. That's definitely more than 30% of their income. Um, so I'm going to figure out what it is, that number, so you said, and get under the 30%. Okay, so wait, 40 grand a year. If, if they're making 40 grand a year, they're probably at like maybe 2000 a month. Yeah, wait, 3000 a month. So <clears throat> 3000 a month and your payment's $500, that's over, but that's like more than 20%. Mm-hmm. But then that's not after, that's not taking into account taxes. Right. That's 3000 So oh, after yeah, yeah. taxes, 3, it's about 2000 Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Okay, yeah, you're right. And five, because that's one of the mistakes, because, um, yeah, and a lot of people, once you make that real job, it's like, you want to look like the people in your, you're in your social circle, you know? Yep. And that's like, I, I, I work at the post office. I don't work there no more. But I could almost, I'd be like, okay, after 90 days probation, I'm going to give them two, three more months and watch they have a new car. And next <laughs> thing you know, they pull up and everybody congratulating them. You know, they happy. And like me, I've been working there and I'm still in the same car I got when I started, you know? So every month that four, $500 I would be spending for a new car, a payment I'm saving now, you know? Yeah. And, it's, and that's it. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, no, go I was ahead. saying, I think um, jobs use that as a, um, it can hold it over your head. Like, if you don't do something you, and you get fired, you like, hey, I got this car payment. I can't get fired, you know? Yep. And now you are a prisoner. And the, the, the other thing is people don't consider the total expense of a car. Like, yeah, your car payment is 500 and maybe that is less than 30% of your income. But when you add in all the other expenses, insurance, maintenance, random repairs, is that still gas? gas. Oh, my gosh, gas. Say, yeah. oh. I don't have a car anymore. So some of the things that people have to pay for, it escapes me. But um, But if you add all that stuff together, are you still under 30%? And most likely it's not. Yeah, you definitely not, especially with gas and repairs. So you said you don't have a car. Is um do most of the people around you don't have a car because you're in Washington DC? Um it's fifty fifty. It's fifty fifty. Yeah. I'm I'm starting to see that more and more people don't have cars because I also live in the city, but I still have tons of friends that have cars that live in the city. So how much money do you think you're saving? Like how do you get around? Uber or train? How you get around? Uh, mostly Uber and Lyft, but I carpool in Uber Lyft. I'm not taking a flat ride. Um, I'm I'm not too good for the metro. Um, I have not been on the bus, and it's nothing against the bus. I just don't really have a need for the bus for my my travels, my routes. Right. Okay. So, so right now, are you? Do you currently work a job? I currently work a job. I work downtown DC. I live in the city, so. Um, it's about a 40 minute commute with carpooling. If I didn't carpool, it would be about 15, 20 minute drive. Right. Um, and then it's the same time on the train. So I walk 20 minutes to a train station and then it's 20 minutes on the train. So, 
Wow. That is, and that's D. I know I can't move to Washington, D.C. based off that. I don't think. Because, like, that's like an hour to get to work, right? Oh, that's quick. It goes by so fast. An hour go by. That's crazy. Not an hour, because I, I said 40 minutes, not 50. <laughs> okay. See, when you. Once you go over forty five, then it's like, oh yeah, that's about an hour. But right. it go, it literally goes quick. It goes quick. But then there are people that commute two hours, three each day, each way. Yeah, and that's like because my sister, she lives up in um the Maryland. I'm not sure Maryland or Washington D.C. area, but I'm in a I'm in a smaller town in Florida. I'm in Florida, and it's I guess when you get used to like, imagine going to work and it's five minutes away. You know. It's like I feel like <sighs> I feel like the new age is coming. Like I don't want to get on the highway every day or travel, commute, or forty five minutes to get to work. Especially if I don't really want to go there. And that's what I'm thinking. A new age, like the internet, is creating different jobs and stuff like that. Yes, yes, and I I do get to work from home one day a week, which is amazing. Right. So that cuts down on it. And in DC, a lot of people depending upon what sector they work in what what industry they do get to work from home which is good um i'll be glad when it becomes a thing like you have to work from home at least one or two days a week yeah i i definitely i mean i see a lot of car accidents i guess down here on the highway so i think you can save money and accidents by doing that but um so what are your investments like as far as your, your job are you like into real estate, 401k, stocks? Um, so, obviously, 401k, because any free money, I'm going to take the company match. Um, I dibble and dabble with stocks independently, but I'm not like, a, oh, I put 10000 or $1,000 in the market this month, and these were my returns. I don't track it like that. And I use a robo-advisor. Right. So I'd send a steady amount there and I, I, I watch to see what they're investing in. I look at the funds here and there, but I'm not super into investments. I am into um, growing my cash right. so that I can transition into real estate. Okay. So you basically, uh, all right. So you save your money to put in real estate and what would, Pretty be, much. What would be a good um, savings rate if somebody's trying to do that? Cause a lot of people they're trying to start saving to invest in something, either themselves, real estate. But what's a good savings rate to feel like you're on a, a good, steady path to your goal? Like amount or interest? Oh, I mean, percent. Like if you're making a uh, hundred thousand dollars, like you want to say you'd be saving ten percent or twenty percent of your check, you know, each each paycheck or something. Oh, definitely at least ten. I mean, now experts are saying fifteen. Right. But definitely at least ten, right? And but you got to start somewhere. Like if you're not saving anything and you're trying to convince somebody that they need to save ten percent, they're probably like, "Oh no, I can't afford it." This or that. At least save something. If it's fifty dollars, save it. Right. And don't touch it. And do you um, like for, for you to save like that? Are you just saving at the end of the month, like whatever's left, or do you take it off the top or automate automatically? Oh, automatically off the top. Okay. So automatically that's um i'm trying to tell a lot of people if you don't see it you don't miss it so correct yeah from people who are trying to save and you don't feel like you can do it instead of i i personally i have that money go to a separate bank that i, I don't even have a card to so for yep. me to get money from it, i have to actually drive there go inside you know 
try to make it hard for myself to get to that money. And and that's that's really the best way to do it, especially if you're saving for something. Why do you need access to the money? Exactly right. So, what's something you spend money on that make your life easier? You think, like this, I can't live without. Oh, I can't live without Uber or Lyft. <laughs> yeah, it, it, that is the thing that makes my life easier. Right. Dang. <laughs> I guess Uber is more popular um, up in the city areas. I guess. Cause I I I don't take an Uber unless I'm on vacation. I think. Oh wow! Yeah, I, I might need to get some Uber stock if it's that busy. Yes, you should. <laughs> I I certainly invested in Uber. Right. Um. Yeah, I would recommend it. Okay. So what what is your um ultimate lifestyle goal? Do you want to continue working in the city, or is it like a a goal that you want to reach to a lifestyle you want to be living? Oh, yeah. So I want to live autonomously. So I want to be able to do whatever, whenever, however. And I mean, that's that's my American dream. Total life freedom. So I'm making like my small steps. Um, I'm making some concessions, some that I want to make, some that I don't. I just recognize like the the big plan, like my overarching plan is a, a life where I don't need a car unless I want one because. I'm just like traveling or doing other things where I need a driver and not necessarily driving myself. Right. Um, yeah. Okay. And wait, and also, have you ever been to FinCon? You ever heard of that? Yeah. I went last year was my first year. In Orlando? In Orlando. Yep. Well, uh, and this year is in Washington, D.C. I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to get there. I think it's in D.C., right? Or Maryland? It is, it is in D.C. Yeah. Was Do you think... Um, was it worth it? Did you learn anything? Uh, I went for a different reason. So right. you, for whatever for whatever conference you go to, obviously we got to be clear on our intentions and why we're going. Right. Um, I will say that I am returning, oh. and um, I can't really say that I've learned a lot because I'm not a blogger and I don't have any intentions of being a blogger. So like the messaging was a little all over the place for me. Right. Uh, for the things that I, for the sessions that I attended. So I'm looking forward to see what I can take away this year. Right. Okay. I got looking to it. So in, in five years, where do you want your business to be from now? Uh, five years, fully scaled, operating on its own and enabling me to operate some of my philanthropic desires. So I like my overall goal is to be a philanthropist, which is why I want to be autonomous because I can move around and go to different countries and uh, share my my energy in other initiatives. So, all right, quick this quick answer. Don't think about it. If money okay. if money didn't exist, where would you live? If money didn't exist, I would live in the Canary Isles. Where is that at? Uh, Spain, off the coast of Spain. Oh, okay, okay. Have to Google that. If money didn't exist, exist, what would you do every day? Ooh, that's hard. I know that's the point. But if money didn't exist, I know what I probably ride four wheelers every day. (laughs) (laughs) So the immediate thought was lay on the beach, but I'm like, dad, can I lay on the beach every day? Yeah, and that's the whole point of that question. Because I let me ask the last one first. If money didn't exist. How would 
you affect the world or the universe? What would be, what would your impact be on? Oh, sharing my time and energy. Right. I, like I'm a, I'm a giver. I'm selfish because I'm an only child, so to speak. So not like the true, like, oh, she don't share selfish, but I, I like giving my time and energy is a big deal for me because I don't have a lot of it. Right. And how many hours a week are you say you think you're working? I show up at work for my 40 hours a week. Right. Um, I work for myself probably about 20 to 25 hours a week. Jeez, yeah. That's no time. 65 hours almost. Yeah. <laughs> have you heard of the four-hour work week? Yes, I have. <laughs> okay. but I have. <laughs> uh, but I was asking that question because I forgot the person. They was on Breakfast Club, but he had um, all the people write down 10 things. I think it was on Breakfast Club. It was something I listened to. But 10 things they would do or they love if money didn't exist. And when you think, of, if you start thinking about money didn't exist, I think that's truly what you should be doing. And then the money will come, you know? Correct. And that's why I asked that question. Because if you saying it now, I don't like, why don't you do it? If you want to live on the beach, that means you have to have a lot of passive income coming in so you can live, uh, lay on the beach every day, right? Yes, you do. Right. So I just, I just, I, I do it to myself too. So I make sure I'm doing it or aiming to go that way. And who is, um, what's your support system look like? And I know that you're working your job, but I'm, I'm, is it one day you plan to leave your job and retire early and travel? Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. So my number is 1.5 um, for my current way of life. Right. And So whatever money I make outside of my full-time income has to replace it by 1.5. And wait, because a lot of people might not understand that. So you saying wait, one point five is what how many times? So a hundred and fifty percent. Hundred and fifty percent, okay. Yeah. So replace it and then add another fifty percent. Right. Gotcha. And do your so what your support system look look like around the, or do your family support that when your friends support that you might be doing that one day, like leaving your job and just this new American way? Yeah. Um so family support, most of the the old ways of thinking are retired, so they don't really care. They're just like, okay, if that's what you want to do, then go ahead, fine. You know, right. at least you can go back to a job when you need to go back. So it's a little negative connotation. But then I have other family members who are full-time entrepreneurs, have been entrepreneurs my entire life, so they fully support it. Right. Um, and my mom and dad, they, they just do, they say, do whatever you want to do, live your life. Wow. That's, that's good to have that support. A lot of people are negative, and then they talk you out of your dreams, which we're like. So yes. I don't tell people my, um, not, I don't tell everybody my plans, at least. So what's something you do every day to um, strive towards your goals? Like, like, Ooh, pray. Pray. That's a good one. Yeah. Pray. Right. Number one. Number one, but the <laughs> consistency and taking action, I'm I'm definitely working to improve that this year. Right, start it right now. Man. Do you? Oh wait, and I want to ask because you say you're not frugal, cheap, but do you, you don't drive, so you want to look at gas prices. I pay attention though, because sometimes like I rent cars through apps, um, so I still need to know like who has the best gas prices in DC. 
So I figured that out. Right. Um, but yeah, I pay attention. Even when I'm traveling, like I was in California back in May, and I was like, wow, $4.49 for regular? This is crazy. That like, is extreme. I would be Ubering for real then. <laughs> Four dollars. Okay, so yeah. for people, um, did you have some kind of like, um, did something hit home where you like, okay, I need to get my debt in order, my money in order? Was it something major or like, what's something you do to start paying off your debt? Oh, so the thing that hit me the most, so I've been able to pinpoint every time that I've accumulated debt and it always came from a loss of income. So from there, I learned that I need to find a way to survive on my own and not at the expense or someone else writing my my check. So that was the number one thing for me to kind of get myself back in line. And um, I just devised a plan like, hey, I still want to be able to save. I want to pay off debt and I want to have fun all at the same time. Like, how can I make this happen? And that came in the form of one, I got an, a new job that paid me more money, which made all of the other things easier because I already had the mindset and the habits. I just needed the little extra to make it all work. Right. So but some people aren't willing to do the things that give them the little extra. Yeah. I mean, because you said, all right, number one, go get a job. That's like, OK, that that's like it should be common sense, but it's not. It's not right. So it's not. <laughs> you go get a job. And then if you haven't debt, what order would you suggest paying them off? Like, is it highest, the lowest, or depending on what type of debt it is? I So I go by, obviously, goals. Right. Like everyone's monetary goals are different, so you have to take that into account. I personally prioritize my credit cards over my student loans. Um and then I did a combination of Debt Snowball and Avalanche. So it was weird. Right. I mean, I think and that's the thing, too. I think everybody needs to figure out what works for them. Because I listen, you listen to Dave Ramsey? Mm-mm. You don't? No. <laughs> well, I, I don't. And it's not, I understand his principles. It's not that I've never listened to him, um, but I know where he stands. And my mindset is not in align with his his teachings. Right. But for those who follow them and follow his plan consistently, it works for them. But that's for a certain personality. And that's also for people who have certain monetary goals. Definitely. Yeah. Because, I mean, I pick and choose what I do like for him. Like, the fact that he don't want no debt. Like, he want me to buy all my real estate cash. And I'm like, you're crazy. You know, I'm not doing that. But. <laughs> but the debt snowball from that part, I like that structure of paying it down from the lowest to the highest. Me personally, yes. I, for me personally, I like to pay the biggest one first. It just, I don't know. I think that's what people have to do. Figure out what works for you instead of trying to follow this one set rules to do things, you know? Right. Because paying for real estate all cash when other people are making interest off of someone else's money. Right. That they're in turn pocketing everything is just like a completely different monster that no one else can understand unless you are exposed to it. Right. But here I am. Oh, he told me buy all my real estate and cash. So I'm I'm giving all my cash. Yeah. And then what happens? You don't have no cash and something something goes up. Something blows up and 
what happens to you then. So do would you um do you suggest renting or owning your own property right now? I am for sure renting. Right. One I live in DC is very expensive. Yeah, and that that's what I'm thinking about because everybody's saying everybody wanna buy a house, but I don't think if I lived in DC, I'd probably be like, I'd just rather rent. I don't know. I mean, do you feel like um renting is better or buying is better? It's personal. So for me, renting is better. Right. Because I know that I like living in DC right now for my current lifestyle. Um, but when I move, I'm moving. And right now I'm not moving. So my first rental property, I've always wanted my first purchase to be a rental property. I've never wanted to buy a house for me to live in. Definitely. And I struggled with my family with that because I have a family um, of real estate entrepreneurs. I don't even get into all the other stuff. But so it was a huge struggle. I said, why would you want to buy a house and be a landlord and all these other things? And I'm just like, yeah, because I know that if I have a house that someone else is paying for, I can buy another house with my money that I'm going to pay for. And this was years ago. So now it's like, yeah, this is. I, I was going to something because all these other people have been doing this all these years. Yeah. See, I just didn't know about it. And you was already, you thought, I just, I learned about that, what, two years ago off Bigger Pockets, but the fact that you thought about it before anybody else knew it, you was thinking, but that's, I think that's definitely the way to go. Yeah. But Or, uh, or now house hacking. Yeah, and that's what I'm popular currently doing. Now. I currently, I, I was living like, you know how like, um, the president walk up, like, go get a job, get a car, get a house and have a baby and get a fence. Like, yep. I had did that, like, exactly how the line was supposed to go. And then I was like, if this is it, this is not fun. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I literally reversed and backed out the entire situation. Like, I sold the house and bought a um, basically like a duplex type thing. Mm-hmm. And like, I just reversed. The, I, that's why it's called the New American Dream because I don't think it's the same as what it used to be 30, 40 years ago. And the older people, why would you want somebody living next door to you or, you know, beside you? But I don't know. It's just different now. Very different. I live in a basement apartment. I live in an income property. So it's like great exposure to. Right. So um, when is your, what is your um, timeline as far as you think you'd be purchasing your first property? 2020. That's next year. Okay. Next year. All right. Yeah. So I'm going to hold you to it. So after you buy, you got to come back on the podcast and tell me exactly how you bought this fourplex downtown DC and your Airbnb, the other three units out. And you got the job. <laughs> it's going to be in Baltimore. Oh, it's, it's going to be in Baltimore. Yeah, it's going to be in Baltimore. DC. Oh. And oh, the prices are lowered in Baltimore, right? Absolutely. <laughs> well, wait. They don't pick on Baltimore. On a bigger pockets podcast, they always picking on Detroit. How far is Baltimore? It's not like Detroit, is it? No, 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 no. Oh, okay, okay. Well, I've never been to Detroit, so I'll put that out there. But um, from what I've heard and what I've seen, no. Okay. Yeah, you not get properties like $100 in Detroit, I think. Okay. Well, if they bring back their dollar house <laughs> program again, you know. Baltimore might be competing, but yeah. Yeah. All right. So let's get down to the final round. Um, what's your favorite money book? 
My favorite money book, hands down, is Secrets of the Millionaire Mind by T. Hart Ecker. I got that book. That was one of the first ones I read. It's a, hold on. What is the name of this book? Fruit yeah. It's a book called Meet the Frugal Meet the Woods by Elizabeth Willard Thames. But she lived in I ain't gonna say Washington DC, but she lived in the city and her and her husband, they figured out their number and they basically they moved out to the country and they bought like sixty acres and they basically lived out there and they quit their jobs, but I don't know. It sounds like your lifestyle is kind of like their life. They were living in the city and they just changed and start. They moved to the country basically with the same amount of money. But that's and a book. They, yeah. Yeah. Meet the Frugal Woods. You should definitely check that out. But um, if you could spend a day with a mentor, who would it be? Mark Cuban. Mark Cuban. He's a crazy guy. You should mm-hmm. DM him on Instagram. <laughs> He'll right. respond. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? All right. What are your hobbies outside of work? Outside of work, eating and traveling. Eating and traveling. What's um one of your favorite places you ever traveled to? Uh, Istanbul, Turkey. Istanbul, Turkey. Istanbul, Turkey. Hands down, favorite. What I mean, what made that's the favorite was on the beach. It actually wasn't. It was the people, the food, um, like the energy. Right. So much is rich in history and culture. I had an amazing time. And it was also my first solo international trip. Oh, you went by yourself. Wow. I did. Yeah. Um, what would you say, tell yourself if you were to tell you, talk, if you could tell yourself something at 21 years old, what would you tell yourself now that you have experienced somewhat of life? I would say it just like this. The clothes ain't worth it, sis. <laughs> Save your money. <laughs> wow, yeah. Take it all back. <laughs> Take it all back. <laughs> all right. And your version of the new American dream, I think you said it once, but what is your, um, like I told you, typical American dream, work 30 years on one job, retire, and then you die two weeks later. What is your version of your new American dream? Uh... Definitely retire young and early. Retire young and early. Retire young and early. And travel the world. Travel the world. All righty. All right. Let the people know where they can find you at on your website and Instagram. So I'm on all things social media at it's Terrence World, I-T-S-T-A-R-Y-N-S, World. And then my website is TerrenceWorld.com. All right. That is it. All right. Thank you, Terrence, for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. All right. See you later. Later. All right.